What's up, family? There is chaos, anarchy, pure anarchy in the National Football League at the running back position, and we have to talk about it. This is speak, but the chaos that I'm speaking of isn't just about one, two, or three players. It seems as though every star running back in the National Football League, they've spoken up about Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs not getting a long-term deal. They only got franchise tag, and they were the top rushers in football. Now, you think I'm kidding? I'm not. Some of the names, Christian McCaffrey, you know CMC, the 2019 NFL All-Pro? What did he say? This dude said, it's criminal. The best players in the entire league, regardless of position, and they're not getting paid. You got Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry chimed in. I'm not going to read all of it, but at this point he says, just take the running back position out of football. Derrick Henry is one of only eight players in NFL history with 2,000 rushing yards. Y'all know Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor led the National Football League in scrimmage yards and touchdowns just two seasons ago what did he say he says if you're good enough they'll find you if you work hard enough you'll succeed if you succeed you'll boost the organization and then it doesn't matter if you're a running back and Austin Eckler Austin Eckler 38 touchdowns at the running back position over the last two seasons 12 more than anyone else in the NFL he just says yo it's kind of trash that you know this artificially devalued the running back position importance in the game then Le'Veon Bell most of all we all know who he is he's a player that sacrificed really roughly 17 million dollars sitting out a season when the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't give him a long-term deal he says it's kind of sad to say but it's got to be said I never thought I would see the day where I'm really trying to persuade a kid to play a different position other than running back. It's chaos, y'all. Chaos. But thankfully, we got one of the greatest running backs in the history of the National Football League back to subside some of the chaos. I will introduce him last per usual. Uh, (laughs) Slick Rick the Buker on the far end. That is all things sports insider, sports analyst, Slick. How you feeling, Slick? I'm good. Shay's back. He is. And we're talking running backs. And we're talking running backs. Super Bowl champ, 12-year NFL vet, Will Blackman of the New York Giants, of the Green Bay Packers, of the Jacksonville Jags. Will, what's up with it, man? What's good, man? It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. good. And my guy, Eagles all-time Russian leader, LaShawn Shady McCoy, is back in the building. Shady, we have had to carry the water of this conversation without you, and it is doing it a criminal injustice because you are better to talk about this topic than all of us sitting here combined, if I am being honest. What is your reaction? You are a running back who is the sixth highest grossing running back in the history of the National Football League. So you know far too well what playing running back at a high level has done and changed your life. What's your reaction to now seeing the position be devalued? I dropped six. I was like, there. You, <laughs> uh, you know what? Now, when I first seen this, I was so upset. I was so pissed off because I know how much a running back means to a team, right? Like, like. And we're not talking about just any type of running back. I think we, we kind of get confused on the position. We're talking about some of the top players in the league. It, like, Josh Jacobs is a top player in the league. He led the league in rushing last year. Yep. He's one of the best offensive weapons that, that you've seen all year. Saquon Barkley. You can't talk about the New York Giants without talking about Saquon Barkley. It's true. And then Tony Pollard. As much as we love Zeke Elliott, and he's such a big name for the Cowboys, he stepped in there, he did his thing. We kind of forgot about Zeke. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are these guys not being paid? I, I can't believe it. I mean, I seen Josh Jacobs about two and a half weeks ago, and I'm talking to him about the contract situation. You know what he told me? He said the, Ra- the Raiders did not even offer him a contract. Whoa. Now, mm-hmm. one thing is negotiating. The other thing is offering a contract. Yeah. What are we talking about? You don't offer the best running back last year a contract at all? Mm. 
when I look at all the top backs, right, because I, I think for a long time the, the running back market has been devalued worse and worse each year. But one thing that remained the same is, like, the top guys, they got paid. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, he got paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, McCaffrey, he got paid. Yep. The top guys get paid. So when I look at a, a guy like Josh uh, Jacobs, why is he not getting paid? Hmm. He's been productive in every year he's been in the league. He's averaging 1,200 yards a year. And he's been productive, not only productive, but he's been durable. He hasn't been injured. He hasn't been banged up. So that's my only issue is I, there's different arguments. Like Saquon Barkley, he should be getting paid. I don't know that number, though, right? Because it's a, it's a business side of it. Where the business side, one, one of the toughest positions in football, they get hit every, every play. Guys are up and down from getting injured and not injured. So I get the argument. But when you look at certain players, mm-hmm. like a Josh Jacobs, he's always consistent. Mm-hmm. Why can't he get paid? So that's my only issue with this, man. It's so frustrating. And it's like, how does he even start? Right. <laughs> that's my question. I always ask all these running backs, True. how does he even start? Because when you look at all the top players in the league, you're going to name running backs. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to do. So I don't know what it is, but we got to figure this thing out. Right. You made a fair point in terms of, like, sure, everyone, all the backs trying to get paid, but the top players the top need guys. to get paid. Yes. And go all the way back to 2011, I think it was AP and Chris Johnson. They kind of set it off like, okay, we're the best yeah. players in the league, right. so now our position needs to get paid. Mm-hmm. And so that's been the trend. The top backs need to get paid. So that's why – this discussion in terms of like devalued is really difficult because, right, we're not – I understand we're talking about the whole consensus of all the running backs, but when you have not just like, – like CMC said, not just the best running backs, but some of the best players, players aren't man. getting a contract. Is the problem, though, Shady and Will, uh, coming to you all first, is the problem that we paid the top backs and they did not give us the return on investment in a very, very, very public fashion. I remember Shady, Ezekiel Elliott, he was in Cabo at the beginning of training camp. It may have been in the 2018 or 2019 season. He desperately wanted that deal. He ends up getting $95 million. He got significantly more than Dak Prescott while Dak Prescott was quarterbacking the team. As you all know, as well as I, we trust your intelligence at home as the viewers. Zeke, he declined year after year after year after year. Christian McCaffrey, he got paid an absorbent amount of money because he was balling. I mean, he gave you 2,300 yards, third most scrimmage yards in the history of the National Football League. Then he got hurt and he got hurt in back-to-back years. Two stars at the position made an enormous amount of money and both of them in very public fashion started to decline. Ezekiel Elliott, currently a free agent at 27 years old, cut in the midst of that contract. Christian McCaffrey traded in the midst of that contract to the San Francisco 49ers. Does it have to do with the fact that the backs that got paid that crazy bread in very public fashion didn't give you a return on the investment? I mean, that, that's football. Like, I, I could name you other positions that, that got paid that didn't do well. Right? That, that happens. But when you talk about Christian McCaffrey, for them to give you that type of money, right, and teams to be knocking on the door begging to trade for you. Like, okay, we want, you, we want to trade for him, and we'll take that contract. That means something. Right. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, every year he's productive. This is every the first year. time we've seen Derrick Henry even kind of hurt. And then when he was hurt, he still was having numbers and yards. And they were like even – the, the Titans were up and down with trying to pay him. Like, hold up. How are you playing around with trying to pay Derrick Henry? Mm-hmm. So as much as you want to say that, because that's some of the arguments, mm-hmm. but when you look at it, like, Derrick Henry has been productive, productive, productive yeah. Yeah. each year. Mm. And you try, you really want to pay him. So really good point. the argument, I, I just can't understand wh- wh- where it is. It's like, why is it this disposition that you want to take out? Because this is wide receivers yeah. that, that get busy, get busy, and then they start getting hurt. Right. And we don't say that. Mm-hmm. Right? And Odell Beckham's one of the probably the most talented wide receivers we've seen. Right. He just got 15 mil. And he when, he, like and when he, got, he got paid, he asked me, he was hurt, hurt. 
forgot about him for a little yeah. bit. You know, he went to the Browns. I, didn't, I mean, we forgot about him. Yeah, right. Goes to the, uh, the, the, the Rams, balling again, right? He's back. He's hurt again. Hurt. Then right. he goes to the Ravens, gets 15 million. So I'm not trying to, like, point him out, right? Because right. it's, it's a brotherhood. It I, want, I want everybody to get their yeah. money. But when sense. you bring it down to the running backs, it's like, well, why are you paying him? Right. A couple in knee injuries, but you won't play running backs that may have missed a couple games from injury, not nothing as significant as a, a torn MCL or ACL. Really well said. Really well said. Yeah, some of this is the the evolution of the game and, and the evolution of sport. I was thinking about this with with the NBA, and, and originally I was going to say, well, centers, centers have gone gone away. You know what's really gone away? Power forwards. Mm. I was looking to see who the highest paid power forward was. They got like LeBron and Giannis and all these guys. I'm like. Not really power right, forward, right, right. not in the traditional sense of the like point power forward f- now, right? The yeah, point like forward. exactly. It's it the the position has changed, and so has the value. Now basketball and and, and football, football is a little more regimented. It's a little more, uh, it, it's not as positionless as as the NBA. But I think what we've seen is teams have had the capability of winning without investing a huge amount of money in the in in the running back position yeah and it's a little so it's a little bit like am i going to spend am i going to buy a formula one to take the kids to school mm. well if i do i you know they're going to be they're never going to be late i'm always going to be there right. but i'm probably going to need a co- new car next year like mm. and i'm going to buy another formula one right really good and, point. and i and i so i i think that there's it's just and you look at every other position it's all they've all become more versatile like tight ends are making more money because they've become more than just blockers if you go back to 15 20 years ago now they're 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 pass receivers right um quarterbacks are dual threats now right even the offensive linemen have changed in terms of how they are physically and what they're asked to do so unfortunately i think it's part of it and but shady you also got me thinking about something which i wonder if it's just the the idea that the, the top guys are not getting paid and the top guys always get paid yeah. Is it something about this particular year and these guys' particular situation? Tony Pollard, hey, we just went through that with Zeke. We're not, like, not going to make that mistake that again. again. The Raiders, I, I, you can't explain that, not See. even giving them a contract. That's insane. Yeah, that's what Josh Jacobs that. did. And then with Saquon, they did offer. It just wasn't what he wanted. But see, my only issue is like, Tony Pollard... I get it, Cowboys. Right. If you want to see more of that, right, sure. small sample size, I understand that. Yep. He's gone through, you got to prove some more. Like now Ooh. he's the feature back. Right, 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 right. Because right. Right. he came and he did ball out, but we got to see it again. Yes, sir. Saquon Barkley, I think, he's, I think he's probably the most talented running back. Him or CMC, however mm-hmm. you see it. But he's been up and down as far as injuries, playing, mm-hmm. playing the injuries, getting yep. up and down. Mm-hmm. But the only one that, that's, that's puzzling that I can't understand is Josh Jacobs. I get it. He's been productive. He's been healthy. And each year he balls out. He had 2,000 yards on purpose last year. Yeah. So it's like, like, He's the guy that you should be off in contract with. I sure. guess, Shady, is any logic, though, is any logic this? Because I'm, I'm with you. I've, I've figured out my reasons, but I'm curious for everybody's reasons. Is it the logic of Josh Jacobs, as good as you were, and you were outstanding, mm. we still were only 6-11. and 11. Mm. As good as Nick Chubb was, and Nick Chubb was outstanding, the Browns were 7-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. As great as Derrick Henry was, to Shady's point, he did battle some injuries, but I think he still had over 1,300 rushing yards last yeah, year. Right. The Titans were still just 7-10. and 10. Is there any logic to, as great as you are, Josh Jacobs, and you are Saquon Barkley, and you are all these running backs, you still can only increase my chance to win so much? Well, Will, like, yeah. you see how funny this is, though? <laughs> All the losing that he's talking about these other teams, the only position they're talking about is the running backs. Right. Like, the, the, uh, St- um, Stephon, but the, Devontae Adams, he plays for Raiders, Raiders right? Yeah. He got a big, big, big contract. Deal, yeah. So he don't get none of that blame from losing? Mm. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, they, they picking a reason why to not right. pay us. Come on. Say, in, in, all, in all fairness, though, like the point you made with those three teams, they were competitive because, because they had of, the running back. Yeah. But they were losing. If he not there. But they all had what? one common denominator. They all had quarterback issues mm-hmm. when you named those teams. So they were competitive having a star player at running back, but they all had quarterback issues. Yeah, but that's the, that still doesn't explain the Raiders. Because they haven't, look, you've We're invested. Just, no, no, I'm you, not saying why. Drew called dysfunctional But you've, you've invested in Dak Prescott. So I can see where, like, you've got to manage your money as a result of, 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 of that number. Well, and he's up or, soon, too. Or you just did Daniel Jones. So you've got to be judicious with, with Saquon Barkley. But the Raiders aren't spending any money on, on, on a quarterback right now. They right. got, they got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy at, the, at a cut rate. If you were going to load up on Josh Jacobs, this – I would think this would be but the time you would let do me, it. Let me ask though. this then. Let's, let's, and again, this is difficult because, Slick, you are outnumbered. You are dealing with three athletes, so we might have a more biased perspective. Let me try to lean, into the, non, let me lean into the non-professional Thank athlete perspective. Rick's an athlete. We do where, is, where is the logic in paying Josh Jacobs when you could just tag him? In the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the manner, Shady, in which I could pay Josh Jacobs $10 million this year, and if he balls again and I got to pay him $12 million next year, 120% is the increase. If he balls again and I got to pay him $12 million next year, why would I not manipulate the franchise tag, which the NFL players collectively bargained for? Why would I pay Josh Jacobs $30 million guaranteed if I could just pay him 10 If any of us want to go negotiate to buy a new car or a new house or a new suit, yeah. And we could pay less, we would. Yep. So how can we, which are all intelligent individuals up here on this desk, act as though we don't understand the business aspect? Well, I, I will say that the only guys that we've heard from complaining about the circumstances are running backs. Like, we haven't heard anybody else. Like, we haven't heard anybody speak up for Josh Jacobs from the Raiders to say, hey, that, like, what he means to us, we, that we should be taking care of him. You haven't heard that from any other position or anybody else. Within the Raiders, like his own teammates. Yeah, like I, shouldn't. Some, I mean, if he means that much, <laughs> if, he, if he's done that much, doesn't he? Deserve- like, shouldn't Daniel Jones be speaking up for Saquon Barkley? I mean, we, we've seen these types of risks before. Philadelphia Eagles, Donovan McNabb spoke up for Brian Westbrook, but didn't spoke up for, speak up for Terrell Owens, so T.O. started out being mad. You know all too well, I won't say it all on television, but we don't you think, like, to point, that man. point, like, uh, DJ Daniel Jones could say, but you, yeah, but I wouldn't be successful without know, but, Saquon. But I, I, you never really, you know this. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not their place. place. Yeah, 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 but yeah, but yeah. they feel it. But let me ask you a better question, though. How do you think that, that the offense, right, when – will feel at camp when, when our best player is not there, second best player. So Josh Jacobs, he comes to the team, right, and he's not there. So then eventually he's going to show up eventually. Mm-hmm. I'll probably eventually shows up. Because mm-hmm. I, I hate when players, like, sit the whole year out. Yeah. I would never advise that. But let's say he shows up. How do you think he's going to feel when Jimmy, Jimmy G is the quarterback and he's getting paid more? He's like, yo, I'm, I'm no, we're nowhere near on the same planet. <laughs> How do you think that would start with the offense? So now Devontae Adams is my boy. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm talking to him about it, and we're looking at the quarterback. So now it's not the quarterback's fault. It's the, it's the, it's the GM. It's the head coach. It's like, yo, man, treat us right. You don't want to have that turmoil in the locker room where now it's like players against management because it happens all the time. And to answer that question you, you were asking, like how do you look at it from uh, an outside of a professional athlete's perspective <laughs> is it's 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 that it's like what does he mean to the culture mm. of my team what does he mean right. to the locker room like 
I want to be right by him so this guy comes in and wants to get after it as opposed to, yeah, I'm going to nickel and dime you and I'm going to save a couple of bucks, but what is the intangible damage that I'm doing to my team? I think there's a value in that in taking care of a guy who's played the way that Josh has. Terrible, bro. We are just getting started. This was phenomenal, fellas. Well done on this conversation. Well, coming up, rookies actually report to camp today, which got me thinking, which rookie will be the most impactful this coming season? Which rookie is going to change the trajectory of your team's future? That is next on Speed. Remember, check us out every day. Fox Sports Channel on Sirius XM. Greetings, soccer fans. Are you ready for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup? Because we are. That's right. Australia and New Zealand, look out. State of the Union is coming. Off the post and in! And we'll be going above and beyond down under. We'll have new podcast episodes every single match day. So follow Alexi Lawless's State of the Union on the Fox app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, family, now look, several rookies are reporting to training camp today. It is time for their dreams to officially come true. Well, it is time for me to give you all a report on which rookies, the non-quarterbacks, y'all know enough about them, which non-quarterbacks will be the most impactful this season. I'm going to give you all the top five that you must know urgently. And number five, I'm starting with a guy I know all too well, Bijan Robinson, running back. Highest drafted running back out of the University of Texas, now with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, why is he so important? Because Arthur Smith, the head coach for the Falcons, I believe is going to be on the hot seat this season. Going into year three, he desperately needs to show that he can bring this offense, bring this team together, and Bajan Robinson is going to be the main focal point in helping them do that. The rookie at number four, you got to keep your eyes on. Jalen Carter of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now remember, Jalen Carter could have been the number one pick taken in the draft, but there were some issues that concerned several scouts. Jalen Carter is supposed to replace Javon Hargrave. Ten sacks for the Eagles at defensive tackle last year. Jalen Carter plus first-round pick last year defensive tackle Jordan Davis, you would hope, will help Nick Sirianni get back to the Super Bowl. At number three, this is going to be an unfamiliar name that you need to familiarize yourself with. Joe Tipman. He is an offensive lineman. Really, he's a center for the New York Jets. Jets, Rodgers, center. Who's going to touch the ball the most for the Jets outside of Aaron Rodgers? It's going to be Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. If you are going to step in and start as a rookie, you are going to be the brains that helps Aaron Rodgers try to coordinate protection, run protection, run gaps, etc. Joe Tipman, all eyes are on you to help the Jets advance at number two. Quentin Johnston. Why do I bring him up? First round pick out of TCU, an absolute dog. One of the biggest freaks when you talk about testing. 6'4", 225, 4'4". He's with Justin Herbert in the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert cannot have enough weapons. As talented as Herbert's arm is, that will be accentuated by Quentin Johnston, the beast out of TCU. First round pick. And at number one, I'm keeping it in the wide receiver position. Zay Flowers, there is no rookie that will have more on his plate than you. Because Lamar Jackson just got paid an absorbent amount of money. But you, Zay Flowers, need to make sure that Odell Beckham, who's coming off an injury, doesn't have to do everything. You, Zay Flowers, need to make sure that Rashad Bateman, first-round pick at wide receiver to the Ravens just a couple years back, doesn't have to do everything. You, Zay Flowers, need to show up, put the team on your back as much as you possibly can. These are my five. My five rookies that should be the most impactful this coming season. Heading to the desk, 
Shady. Did you say what school he went to, though? Boston College. You say what school he went to? Mayflower. Yeah. We are. BC. Let's go. All right, well, then, Will, since you are talking, uh, (laughs) who is supposed to be the most impactful non-rookie this year? I see you, Zay. By the way, real quick with Zay. He's more than happy to handle whatever's on his plate. He did everything at BC anyway. He returned kicks, returned punts, ran the ball, received the ball, threw the ball. Zay's good, man. Let's this recruiting go. advertisement brought to you by. <laughs> but I, but this is this is tough. As a BC guy, this is really hard to say. But I think my most in, non-impactful rookie is from the University of Notre Dame, which is hard to say. Is Michael Mayer, tight end Michael Mayer uh, for the Raiders simply because they lose Darren Waller. He comes in. He is home, grown, Kentucky strong, great blocking tight end, great receiving tight end. He's going to come there and fill that void. Fits exactly what Josh McDaniel needs for that that Patriots-style offense. So I I believe he's going to be super, super impactful for that team. That's a sneaky one. Shady, where you at? I'm going with Zay Zay Flowers. Yeah. I, I love his game, right? I love what I see at B.C., and then we add him to the Ravens, who uh, um, um, Coach Munkin, yep, Todd Munkin. Wants to, Todd Munkin, what he wants to do as far as throwing the ball. Now you bring a new coordinator to the Ravens. They have weapons. Mark Andrews is probably the insurance for yeah, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson one of the top tight ends in the game. right? And then Odell Beckham is going to be the number one receiver. I think having a number one receiver is big because when the defense that Zay Flowers will see, he won't see the number one corner. He yeah. won't see him. Mm. He won't see the number two corner. When you're a speed guy as a rookie and they simplify the offense for you, the playbook, and all you have to do is do a couple jet sweeps. He could do that very good. Uh, uh, um, def- a couple screens, he could do that good. Mm-hmm. And then when they ask him to go deep, that's what he does best. You put him in there with Mark Andrews and Odell Beckham. You put a young rookie who nobody knows about in a slot in the middle or outside and going deep, you have a big ear. Let me ask you all quickly before big, big I get ear. to you, Slick, is the Ravens drafted Hollywood Brown 2019, 5'10", I think roughly 180, 185 pounds out of Oklahoma, absolute beast. Well, they traded him two years later to the Arizona Cardinals. He was not what they wanted him to be, and he wanted to go get his bread. Then the Ravens, I believe in 2021 or 2021, drafted Rashad Bateman, Bateman another yeah. speedster, speed wide receiver. I believe he's closer to 6'200", 205, and he's been injured and he's been maligned. He hasn't necessarily done what they wanted him to do. Thus they drafted another speedster in 2023 and Zay Flowers. Why should I believe that Zay Flowers will work when Hollywood and Bateman didn't? Because they're different. <laughs> they're different, but not only that, none of them played with a number one receiver. It's different when I got a, uh, they draft me to be the guy mm-hmm. compared to they already have a guy in the room that every team was going to look at, okay, they got Odell Beckham got on, on the board. Got it. Mm-hmm. Now as a young rookie, I can slowly develop myself, develop my games, make my mistakes, yeah. and still learn. Now Zay Flowers... I, I talked to him about a month ago. He was like an autograph signing. I was asking about the offense, and et cetera. And he said, the reason why I love playing with Lamar and, and being in Todd Munkin's office is because I can slowly develop who I am because we have a number one receiver. We have a guy that gets getting all the attention, who we're designing the plays for. And now as a rookie, I can come in there and do my job unnoticed. Yeah. Well, that's the, him going well, for that's the advantage. Touchdowns. Well, that's the advantage, too. In, in fairness to the other guys you mentioned is that they're not in this offense. Right. You know, they, they complain about not being featured in the, uh, in the old-style offense where it was featured more for running and for Lamar to run the football. They weren't doing sophisticated passes. Good point. So where you at? I went with a tight end, too. Uh, Dalton Kincaid with the Bills. Oh, right with the Bills, and yeah. largely because I was looking at, so who's a meaningful team and who has a, a need an obvious need, and who has the coach or the quarterback that's able to utilize that person in that need. So Buffalo Bills, meaningful team, check. Josh Allen, the quarterback, and 
He needs receivers. He yeah. needs targets. He yep, yep, and yep. Dalton Kincaid isn't just your typical tight end. They think they can split him out wide. No doubt. And so that need to fill that. They still got Dawson Knox, no who's more of a traditional tight end. Yeah. So I think you're going to see him pass catching, and it's going to be important that he does. I cannot wait to watch. These are all some young studs who are really starting to make their dreams come true while we are doing this show. Well, coming up, it's time to take the gloves off. Oh. Saquon didn't get his deal, but who's more valuable? Is it Daniel Jones, the quarterback, or Saquon Barkley, the running back? We hear what everybody said online, but we're going to give you the actual truth about the Giants and if they made the right decision next on Speed. Hey, college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download the Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the new Joel Klatt Show YouTube channel. All right, family, well, this matters. Saquon Barkley did not get a long-term deal, so he might sit out this season. Well, the Giants have been in a strenuous position all offseason. Remember, they chose to tag Saquon so that they could pay quarterback Daniel Jones, a four-year, $160 million deal. But remember, Daniel Jones has only had one above-average season. And we can call it above-average because his average has been so marginal. I mean, his play truly prior to this year has been grotesque. To some degree, it's been repulsive, particularly for a first-round pick. Whoa. I'm just being honest, America. Um, well, we had a really good conversation before the show. I want to have it publicly. Who's more valuable to the Giants, quarterback Daniel Jones or running back Saquon Barkley? <laughs> Look at Shady giving you, you the eye, too. I'll speak freely. <laughs> Shady, like, I, I wish you would. <laughs> Please zoom in on Shady's face. Zoom in on Shady's face, like, I wish it's you would. It's Daniel Jones, the quarterback. And it's simple, because it's Daniel Jones, the quarterback. I feel like... You serious? Yes. I feel like <laughs> if, if you lose... If you, if, if you lost Saquon, you're screwed. Same season, if you end up losing Daniel Jones... I can't even say the word. <laughs> You're done. It's what? Yes. <laughs> which is why running backs are struggling to get paid right now. Because it's simple. Like which one's more valuable? It's the quarterback. It's like no question. That's not even. That is not a hard question. That's not even a question that needs a lengthy discussion. It's obvious. Hmm. You, you serious? <laughs> okay. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Boy, is that facetious. I, 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 I'll go here with this. This should be an easy one. You ever seen them? I know it is easy. A, a yeah. boxing match, and after the fight, yeah. it's like it's unanimous. Like, we know who should the champ yeah. should have won. Yeah. It's Saquon Barkley. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. First of all, do you know who the backup uh, quarterback for the Giants is? You know who he is? Is it Tyrod? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod. Mm-hmm. So you telling me, right? Because the Giants ran the ball a lot with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Daniel Jones, let's say he, he broke a shoelace, right? This is, you know, mm-hmm. be safe. You tell me that Tyrod Taylor can't do what he's doing? I'm not saying he can't. Oh my God. Anyway, Saquon Barkley is the, is the most impactful player on that team. He's, he's the biggest player we on the team. Say, we, didn't say on impact, we didn't say impactful. We said valuable. More viable. More I, viable. Th- I think Saquon's the most impactful. Sa- Saquon is more viable. Mm. Saquon is the more marketable. You see him on every commercial. You will never see Daniel Jones on any commercials. <laughs> I look at the office as a defender. What are we doing, Rick? I, I look know. as a. I'm just being, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm going over all the variables. As a defense, defense comes to, to play the Giants. You think they're really talking about Daniel Jones? I mean, mentioning. But the main key to stop this mm-hmm. team is Saquon Barkley. 
out of all of all the offensive players in the NFL, he had the fifth, I think, biggest impact as far as yards-wise mm-hmm. at tw- 28% of the offense for the Giants. Mm-hmm. That's not just running backs. Yeah, that's-, that's on every position. Mm-hmm. Tight ends, wide receivers, whoever you name. He's fifth out of all the positions. So when you ask who is more valuable, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the guy that has 28% of the offense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take him. That's fifth most u- u- utilized or utilized the most in the NFL at any position. Well said. Hate to do this too, Shade, but uh, I'm on the DJ train as well. And, wow. and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna equate. Uh, this is ridiculous. Better at, posi- <laughs> at his position. He's marketable. What's he doing? Yeah, it matters. More marketable, better, like all of that. I'm not gonna confuse that with being most valuable because the truth is that when Saquon has been great, they have not won. Mm. Their winning percentage is higher when he has not played than when he has. Now, I get some of what you're saying in terms of you scheme for him. What is that? But if you go to uh, 2018, uh, he rushed for 1,000-plus yards. They were 5-11. and 11. Uh, 2019, they were 4-12, and 12, another 1,000-plus yard uh, year. Meanwhile, if you go to 2022, which is when everybody got excited, did not break a hundred, uh, did not break a thousand. But you know who who also ran well was Daniel Jones. When Daniel Jones was a dual threat, that's when they won. That's the first winning record that they've had. So if you're asking me who's more valuable, it's it's when DJ plays right, and right. plays well, it takes them to a place that Saquon by himself can't. So for the numbers, real quick, right? Mm-hmm. Who was the quarterback while Saquon was playing? I don't. Uh, Eli's last year. I mean, come on, oh, Eli's like, last year, and then, and then Daniel Jones. Okay, so he was so so, so Daniel Jones is part of these bad these, these losses that Saquon right. got. But in the in the second, second hold on, in the second argument you said, you are talking about Daniel Jones being a, a run threat, a dual sure. threat, right? Yeah. How that option thing works, yeah. right? Is you have a really good running back yeah. that the defense sucks on, right? Pause, and then he pulls it and he runs. That's how the RPOs work. Sure. So the main concern again is Saquon Barkley. And when he's the decoy, then Dane Jones can go out there and he can run the ball. So as much as the dual threat has a lot to do with did, Saquon did he, did he say the quarterback was struggling mm-hmm. when, they, when Saquon when they, was playing well? Mm-hmm. And they, had, they didn't have a winning record? Yeah. All right, just ask. Yeah. But Shady, you are – I'm going to do this one to you, Shady. Um, you, got, you heard that. You, what, well, Shady is maybe most um, best-kept secret, what he is greatest at outside of being a running back. You're phenomenal in real estate. You do a great job in real estate. I will toot that horn publicly. <laughs> Um, he, do, he does. He does. Like, he, Look at, I know. He, he's, he's like, like you're, right, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You right. also own some incredible cars, some incredible ones. You told the show before you own this, you own that. And I will very simply ask you, what would you rather invest in? A $350,000 Bentley or a $200,000, $300,000 house? Because a Bentley house. is going... Exactly. Wait, but I got a question, though. Well, <laughs> no, 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 who's no, no. Daniel Jones, though? He's the house. house. He's the house. He's the house. The house is going to appreciate over time. You know better than anybody on television because of your brilliance in the real estate market. The house is going to appreciate you right here. He's not even a condo. He's like a he's like a a garage, right? You can rent garages out. I mean, we are we really gonna sit here and act like Daniel Jones is this superstar quarterback? He's saying that. Okay, so 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 yeah, that's that's just so like you probably get better better each year, right? He's like like. I mean, I can't even say he's getting better each year. He had a really good year because he's a really good coach. Okay. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Brian Dable, I, I played under So he decided to, he decided to be married to that quarterback. But, but his a ceiling, though. We haven't seen Saquon Barkley's ceiling. 
Hicken, these next. Mm, I, I think mean, we have, I mean, sir. I, think I, mean, I don't have, know, though. Sir. These next three years, you put him around some players? Shady, mm. but come the on, stuff bro. He, the stuff he did last year with the players he had, like, we, if we sit here just being honest, right, we can't even talk about none of the wide receivers they had, right? Kenny Gallagher was supposed to be the guy. They that, were better that, that, in 2018 than they are now? All I'm saying is that Brian Dayball, when he puts his team together, when he puts his offense together for the future, if you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, yeah. and do you add some solid wide receivers around him, some, some offensive weapons? But you already played a quarterback, so you can't get another quarterback. But I feel like if you can help Saquon out and put pieces around him compared to Daniel Jones, like, we see what he is. And here's my thought, though. I was, I was with you in 2013 when you led the National Football League in rushing. Okay. I was there. I remember before the game, right. pregame, you're like, hey, make sure DeMarco Murray don't go off. We want Shady to lead the league in rushing, right. not DeMarco Murray. That was a huge accomplishment, a huge day for Shady. But remember I told you all 2013. If I'm not mistaken, Shady, you were drafted in 2009 or 10. No. Which means that your fourth year in the league was your highest grossing, most impactful year you were in the league when you led the National Football League in rushing. Saquon eclipsed 2,000 yards his rookie year. You know how hard that is to do, 2,000. He had 121 targets, Will Blackman, as running back. 121 targets, America, as a running back. He had 700 receiving, 1,300 rushing. I don't think we will see Saquon Barkley do to a 2,000-yard season. Again, it's nearly unheard of. So all of that to say, I do think we have seen the biggest impact of Saquon. Oh, well, 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 so, so you're talking about stats-wise. Yes, I'm sir. not talking about that. I'm talking about as in as impacting the team. So for, so for example, like you can do you could do more with less. He might not get two thousand yards again, but he can have a five point something yards Got per it. carry. He can have a mm-hmm. uh, uh, fifteen carries a game and still be productive, averaging mm-hmm. ninety to hundred yards. Like yep. you can still be productive, right? But not have as many yards. So I'm not talking about the yards, but right? Because now if he's getting busy with less carries, he's more fresh. He's not going to get banged up. And then you got guys around you that's going to be eating and getting the ball. So I'm talking more of that standpoint. If you, though, Shady, had to make this decision, right? Daniel Jones. Easy one. It's an easy one. Five interceptions Daniel Jones threw. 15 passing touchdowns, seven rushing touchdowns. 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. And you would look at this young, ascending Daniel Jones, and you're telling me that you would still say that Saquon Barkley, who appears to have already maybe reached that peak as far as gross yardage, though I know you're not talking about that, right. you right. would say Saquon. You know why, Slick? It's because, like, how much farther can we grow with Daniel Jones, hmm. right? I mean, if you really watch him play, and he did good. I don't want to talk bad about him. He did good, but that was one of the most safe Offense and game plans for any quarterback. I mean, it's the same guy that we thought that he shouldn't even be there before the year, the year started. We were saying, wait, what draft pick is the Giants going to take at quarterback because we don't think Dan Jones is going to be that good? But you got to keep in mind, Come on too, now. you got to keep in mind, when you bring in a new general manager okay. and a head coach, everyone is getting evaluated. Right. So they, they felt like they did their due diligence, like, okay, this is our guy. Because I'm sure quarter, they came in quarterback was in question. Yep. I thought when they, when they got hired, I was like, shoot, they might try to maybe get trade for Josh Allen, something crazy, something crazy to get a quarterback there. We were naming – Lamar was even in question <laughs> to go to New York. Everyone yep. thought of that to fit that mold. And they did all their homework enough to be like, you know what, this is our guy. Yeah. And there was that one turning point moment – Forget who they were playing, where Dave Well, he snapped on Daniel Jones. It was early in the season. We talk about the third best early in the quarterback season. in the division. Early you in do the know season. that, right? Early. Can I'm we t- all agree? With, can we agree point. with that for a second? Can we agree right now? That he's the third best quarterback in the division. That's fine. Sure. So how are we acting like this dude is so arrived? He's the third best in his division. It's not, it's not about you didn't let me finish my point though. Look, I said the turning point in terms of what they feel like he's off. their guy. 
is that that time when he snapped on him on the sideline and was like, like stop, turn the ball over. He blew up on him. And ever since then, Daniel Jones made that turn and had a good season where he proved to them that he can be the franchise quarterback, yeah. where he is the most valuable person for them on that team. This is the heart of it is we're, I'm, I'm banking on Brian Dable knows what he's doing. Yes, right. he does. Because he's banking on Daniel Jones knowing what he's doing. Right. And I agree with you. Like, this was a very conservative approach, right? But there's also where the, game, where the game is going. And Daniel Jones isn't just a passing quarterback. He's also that threat that with any running back is going to be, and I'm, I don't want to disrespect Saquon to say any quarterback, I mean, any running back, but the threat of Daniel Jones being able to run the way he did he don't like that word threat. He don't like that word threat. Because you know, on, well, Shady, you know well is if I don't have a running back that can one-on-one create an advantage, schematically, I can create an advantage. And Brian Dable, in my mind, does a great job schematically of creating advantages, even if the running back can't create an advantage. If we, if we can, I want to show you a play because I want to get your feedback on it, Shady. It and you, you brought it up. Uh, let me grab the tablet real quick. This was the Giants versus the Colts. Now, Shady, you know, you got your guy, Saquon, right here at the bottom of the screen. So everybody knows that's Saquon Barkley. But here's who I want you all to watch. I want you all to watch Quiddy Pay, defensive end. I want you to watch down safety, Rodney McLeod. Look closely at those two individuals. Now, those two individuals have to account for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Shady, here's where I want your opinion. Saquon Barkley and whoever plays this running back position is absolutely irrelevant on this play because the two players that are supposed to account for Daniel Jones have now been confused based upon Brian Dayball's scheme. So if you're Brian Dayball, you have the arrogance to say, you know what, I don't care if that's Saquon Barkley or not because that gain was still going to be for 24 yards regardless of who was at running back because that defender is confused. Not true. If you're, I if you're Brian Dayball, but I'm saying no. if you're Brian Dayball, you're saying no. to yourself, I can win without Daniel Jones, I can win without Saquon Barkley. If, if that jersey number is 23, right, you think that defense is going to be locked in on a running back like that? Not as, not as intense. No, they're not. not. You know they're not. You know they're not. So you're telling you know me that they... Let me finish. And if the quarterback was somebody like Lamar Jackson, right, that ball probably got to the running back. What you mean? You mean you, you would the, the same play. You, you put Lamar game? Jackson as the quarterback right here. You're saying they would have played the QB. They would have played the QB. Oh, played the QB and they let the running back get the ball. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying about the scheme, but it's also the players. Listen, man. As a defensive player, you know what it, how this is. When you see Lamar Jackson back there, okay, we're going to watch the quarterback. When you see Saquon back there, oh, we're going to watch the running back. So this play right here, any quarterback could have did this. They probably should Tyrod turned this and got more yards. I agree, Tyrod could have So when this. you say it's a scheme, I hear you, but I can't feel you, Pauls, because it's the running back that they're looking at. Oh, let's say Barkley. Let's get him. They're not worried about the quarterback. Yeah, they probably said, "Just let Daniel keep it." Yeah. No, no, no. There, there's no way in which you said. No, I mean, Daniel I mean, Jones not let it go, that. but I'm sure only one of them probably had it, right? Yeah. Somebody, well, somebody well. messed up on that Correct. play for it sure. It should have been a back. The backer should have took the quarterback, and then the but, but that, took but the that is but when, your, but when your running back is so good, he's been getting busy all That's game, and when you've been in the meeting rooms at defense, yo, we got to stop Saquon Barkley. You worried about him, not worried about Daniel Jones running the ball. So you think that Daniel Jones will suffer tremendously if Saquon Barkley does not suit up for the Giants next year? I think so, because I think he's just an above-average quarterback in a really, really good scheme. He's been the same quarterback we've seen all these years. What's the difference? Sometimes Sometimes that's all you need. All right, see, this is the problem. It's like, we've been watching some of our whole career with Daniel Jones. Now he has a good year with Brian Dayball. Now we just think he's that's all a, But that's sometimes, and, that's and, what it takes. And to keep it real, like, he didn't have, he didn't have a crazy year. He didn't, like, kill it. He just did solid. 
He was so bad before that we thought he could do nothing but average play. He protected the ball and he won games. I mean, that's like the that's a bare minimum. That's, Will? I mean, what are we talking about? So you ask, you ask me who's more valuable. You, one dude has been at elite level as a running back. Right. The other guy has been safe and above average, and we and we have a, a conversation about Is Daniel who's Jones more going this way or this way? Is Daniel Jones going this way or this way? Right. We all don't know. We he's, do know. He's been, he's, he's, been, he's been here. The Giants just went here, to the playoffs with him. Because of him, right? There's a big, there's a big reason because of him. What's the bigger reason? Who's the bigger reason? Dabo. That's terrible. I just told, I just told American, I told y'all, Saquon Barkley is 28% of the offensive yardage for our offensive plays for uh, the Giants. And y'all telling me that this dude is, what are we talking about? That's fifth best in the NFL, any position. Y'all don't care about the stats. What we do care about is losses. <laughs> They don't care about the numbers. Just win, baby. Uh, we just, we're just now getting started, y'all. This is passion as its finest. Well, coming up, the Warriors, they made a big splash this offseason. Remember, they traded for Chris Paul. Well, Chris Paul has given some commentary that has come out in the last several days that has made us wonder, will he actually be a good fit for the Warriors, or will he cause them to implode? That's next. So now Dan Jones is elite? He's elite You call him a garage, bro. What is he? The world's best skateboard, BMX, and Moto X athletes are heading to X Games California to compete for gold. Download the free Caffeine TV app to watch all the best tricks on the X Games channel. You can tune in to catch Tony Hawk, Salema, Nigel Houston, Sky Brown, and more live from July 21st through July 23rd. And watch on demand anytime after. A huge trade this offseason. It was Chris Paul, who is now a Golden State Warrior. And when the future Hall of Famer was asked what he had left to accomplish, he said, quote, obviously, it's the elusive championship, close quote. Well, weeks later, there's been speculation about his role with the team. Take a listen. What do you think of, of their depth, their, their bench players that you might be playing alongside? Uh, you coaching? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. You've never come up with that your entire career. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? Me and Steve have talked or whatnot, but I, you know, that ain't something that you'd be like, what up, man? Where you starting? You coming up? You know what I mean? So I think we'll figure all that stuff out in camp. Slick, I am worried, my friend. <laughs> uh, America, yeah. I'll be honest. We are all human. What I love the older I get is the more I understand humans. Shady's upbringing, background, it dictates who he is. Will dictates who he is. Mine accordingly, you watching the show accordingly. I think Chris Paul's humanity might be what undermines the success of the Warriors. Why do I say that? Because he was human enough to weeks ago admit he wants to be the missing puzzle piece to the Golden State Warriors and capture that elusive championship. But that same humanity also has pride within it and ego within it. And that ego is what responded to the reporter, I believe, Kendra Andrews, when, he at, when she asked him about his role coming off the bench, and he snapped and said, you coaching. Yeah. They can't both coexist within a person unless, well, that person is what we we all are human. Right. You simultaneously want to be the missing puzzle piece, but you also want to be a starter. And if being the missing puzzle piece means that puzzle piece comes off the bench, but your humanity and your pride and your ego says, I want to be a starter, eventually you're either going to implode or you're going to explode. And we saw him do one in front of the reporter when mm -hmm. he snapped and said, you coaching? Yeah. I think... There's going to be an issue, but are you worried about Chris Paul's fit with the war? No, I am not. And I'm less worried now that we got this quote because we hadn't seen this. The only thing I had seen was the response to the question about coming off the bench, and it was you coaching. And I thought, oh, that's not, that's mm. not a good look because that means that he's got some issues. 
But the quote about what is his final goal, obviously it's that elusive championship, was also followed by, so going to a team with guys who have that pedigree, they've shown the ability to do it over and over again with a coaching staff, with a primetime organization. As long as I've been playing, I still love learning. So I'm excited about going to, into this team, this organization, and seeing how I can be a piece or just be part of the puzzle to help our team win. That, to me, is the distinction. So he doesn't look at himself as, I have to be the part, but I just want to be a part. And he recognizes that the Warriors know how to get this done. And if your final goal is, first and foremost, to win a championship, and he likes to learn, I'm going to learn from the Warriors how to get this done. So I take his response to the reporter's question as having... Uh, another aspect of humanity, which is it depends on who I'm talking to in terms of how, how I speak. And if I have a reporter and knowing Chris, who hasn't always had great respect for the media, has always had a little bit of quiet condescension and disdain, he didn't like being asked by a reporter about coming off the bench. Doesn't mean he's going to react the same way when Steve Kerr asks him if he wants mm, to come off the point. bench. I just think that we're, we're human, like you talked about, and we have reactions, right? Having an interview, and it's probably one of the fewer interviews we had or seen so far, and he was like, it probably caught him by surprise. And, and I've been there where, like, you coaching? Like, you get defensive, but then when you go to camp, right, and you're with the, the guys and you share that same goal to win a championship, mm. which he's never did, which he's chasing so much, I come off the bench, right? I'm playing with older vet players that understand how important I am if I'm starting or not starting. I come off the bench. I look at myself. When I went to the, the Bucks, knowing the guys they had in the room, I said, yo, in my head, I'm burying these dudes, right? I don't care what they say. I'm going to be starting here. And then as, as we got close to the games and the coach said, look, we need you to be the, the guy that, to be the mentor in the room. Some of that hit my, my pride. Like, yo, you serious? You know who I am? You know what I could do? But the other part is I want to win a championship and I want to help my teammates. So you have that, I guess, inside feelings because we're human. Mm -hmm. But also, man, like he's a, he's a team dude. He wants to win. So it's not like he's not going to be playing. It's not like he's not going to be a big impact. And I think that everybody from Steph Curry to Draymond Green to Clay Thompson, they talk about how big and happy they are to have him on a team because they can win with him. And when you know that, that makes you want to play harder and Shady, better. do you think you had an easier transition? Because so often in life, it's not just about an action and a reaction, but what is a transition to that action? For example, when you were in KC, you did start. Started some games. You were second on the team in rushing, barely second on the team in rushing, 50 yards shy of being the lead leader in rushing on that team. Then when you go to Tampa, you've now already had a little bit of right, a taste of being yeah, on the bench before. So you didn't go from all pro to the bench. You went from like I mean, all pro to 1,000 yards to 700 yards to splitting time to but, now the bet. But the, the difference is like I, I wasn't playing behind no all pros. I wasn't playing behind no pro bowlers. Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing behind no top players, right? I mean, I, I shouldn't say top players, but players of like a, a Steph Curry, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's more eagle, right? So that should be easier to swallow my pillow. Okay, oh, Steph is a starter. And I think Chris Paul should understand that. As much as he feels about himself, but it's Steph Curry. You get what I'm saying? And he's yeah. still the guy right now in this league. So, I mean, this won a championship, what, a year and a half ago? Mm -hmm. Did that matter? So yeah. I, I just think that that transition from being a guy with the Suns to now playing with the Golden State Warriors, and they have one of the top five players in the league at my position. You got to understand that. Yeah. I think um, 
I'm glad you read that quote, by the way, because the, yeah, the question was asked, there were a problem with his fit. And I don't, I don't at all. I see him fitting just fine because he is, he's going to an organization that is full of alphas, you know, even with the coach, even with management and Steph. And, and then, you know, Clay, superstar, I mean, more than a superstar, probably a Hall of Famer. And then Draymond. And I see, I see this similar to almost like when OBJ went to the Rams. Right. They were like, well, is he going to fit there? Is he going to mm. be a problem? Is he going to ruin the team? And I'm like, no, because they got Aaron Donald. They got Jalen Ramsey. They had Von Miller, like all these alphas on the team. Sean McVay just went to the Super Bowl. Like they had, the culture is already set in terms for him to go there because he's really trying to just revive his career. He's trying to revive yeah. who he was. And I see what Chris Paul, he's like, right, I'm trying to get that elusive title. So. That's why I'm glad you read that quote, because he's just trying to be at peace. I love the show. Uh, we all watch a lot of sports. Will brought up a great point. Odell to the Rams. I will see you and I will try to raise you in this conversation. What I found so fascinating about Odell's first game with the Rams, if you all recall, the very first play, it was a now screen to Odell Beckham. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Let yeah. me make sure we feed his yeah. ego. I believe the third play of the game, Matthew Stafford threw an interception. Why? Because he forced a deep ball to mm -hmm. Odell Beckham. Mm -hmm. Sean McVay was wise enough to say, okay, Odell Beckham, through his first three years in the National Football League, was the greatest receiver to ever play the game. Mm -hmm. He's coming and he's joining us. I got to make sure For that sure. Odell still feels like king. Odell didn't come off the bench. When he showed up, he got the first target, he got the third target. Oh, and Cooper Cup is still on the team. So much so that they threw an interception trying to force him the ball. Yep. Slick, do the Warriors have to do the same thing with Chris Paul? Do they have to potentially cause the team momentary harm for long-term pleasure of Chris Paul being happy and that team being successful? If it means bowing or giving Chris Paul maybe a little more rope than you normally would when you have Steph Curry and Draymond Green and all those greats, like giving him instantly saying, hey, here's your piece of the pie. And it may be a little bit bigger than you would have somebody else who's coming in from the outside. Sure. And then allow him to prove that he should keep that piece of the pie. Right. They've been through this before, by the way, with Andre Iguodala and Iguodala struggled with it initially, like I'm sure you did too. You had to wrap your head around Absolutely. it, right? But he ultimately got to a place where they, they trusted him enough to say, you are a vital part. Like, we're not, you're not just playing a role off the bench. You are the orchestrator yes. off the bench. There you go. Yep. And this is the one thing I know about Chris that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this is what he taps into. Because... If he was a guy that was always wor worried about the box score and the stat sheet and his numbers and his individual, like all of that and the accolades and all that, I'd say this might be a tough fit because he's going to miss getting that. But that's not the mentality he's been. He's been great as a guy who's trying to make other guys better and to be a playmaker. Now, you're right. Like there's a lot of alphas on that team and how that fits that's my, that, that is my question. But in terms of schematics and the Warriors being able to make him feel like you are important to us, the reality is he is. And I guarantee you, when we get into training camp, you are going to hear Warriors talking about how great Chris Paul right. is and how great he's making Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. And they are going to advertise that Nonstop. Slick, before we hear about how great they are, and I'll, I'll let the professional athletes speak to this, is in training camp, at least in football, hey, one's up, one's up. 
First team offense, first team defense. Get out there. Yeah. Hey, 11 on 11, it's time for team, team. Yeah. 11 on 11. When they say, you know what I mean, hey, let's go five on five. Starters versus the Warriors versus the backups. You don't think Chris Paul is going to feel some type of way when he rolls out there with Kaminga and Moody and company? No, and you know what? Steph and Clay and Dre roll out on the other side, and he got the white jersey and they got yeah. the blue jersey. Like, you know, you know what Chris Paul's going to do? He's going to do what Jimmy Butler did in Minnesota. Mm. He's going to go, give me the subs. Yep. I'm yeah, pick let's all your go. Asses. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Clay, Steph, like it's going to go right back to the way he's been prior to. Right. That's what I would expect for Chris Paul because the one thing he is is competitive as anybody I have ever seen. So you put him on the second team, yeah, he might be mad, but he's going to make you pay for it. And, and that's exactly what the Warriors want. And I think on a, on a bigger note is that the same thing you said about Iguodala was a great one because Iguodala's been great in his whole career. He's yep. always that guy. And he came to the Warriors, it was a different role for him. But without Iguodala, they don't win them games. Yeah. So the reason why Iguodala's he was MVP. the finals MVP for a reason. And I think Chris Paul's the same thing where the Warriors cannot win if they don't have Chris Paul playing a big role. Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing as starting to me in my world. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Well, there's one head coach who I would say is under the most pressure this coming NFL season. But surprisingly enough, that coach recently said in Robert Sala, I don't have any pressure this season. We will tell you if we agree or disagree. He's on the hot seat, but you can't tell him that. That's next on the hot seat. We got him. Three, don't make me look wrong. Don't you in the hot seat? Well, the most intriguing conversation we will have all day is right now. All the attention, it's going to be on the Jets this upcoming season as they have acquired four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. Remember, in the interest, interesting news, the Jets will be featured on Hard Knocks this year. Well, head coach Robert Sala was told the pressure was on, and he said, quote, there's no pressure, adding pressure is having seven kids. Now, Slick, I would contest. <laughs> Mm. I would contest as yeah. someone who has no kids. I yeah. would contest and say pressure is not having seven kids. Anybody can do that. Pressure is providing for seven uh, kids. Yeah. And that's a lot harder to do if you are unemployed. Yep. And Robert Sala, if the Jets do not do what we expect them to do this year, will unfortunately be yeah. unemployed. Oh, yeah. So what do you mean? No, yeah. with that, with that. If the Jets do not go to the playoffs, I promise you right here, right now, Robert Sala will not be the head coach going into next Ooh. year after his third year. I tell you that. With, uh, with full confidence. Well, you, that's false confidence then, but go with ahead. Full, with, bets can be betted. Bets can, me and Shady, we got a couple, me and Shady got a couple bets on this show. Well, um, make a third. So <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Robert Sala's mindset is misguided. Yes. There's pressure. Accept the pressure. Don't cave under the pressure. Thrive under the pressure. But there is obviously pressure coaching Aaron Rodgers this season. Yeah, I don't like this mindset or I don't like the answer because it feels dishonest to me. Mm. It would be one thing to say there's always pressure. To say that there's no pressure, come on. You just inherited Aaron Rodgers. You, don't, you have a losing record, to your point. Whether you think he's gone at the end of the year or not, there are big expectations, the biggest expectations for the Jets that they've had since he has been there, and he has to prove them. I also would say that I, uh, I interpret having seven kids as a little different, I look at fathering seven kids <laughs> as just you've, had, you've provided the seed for them. Having them means that they're still under your domain and you're responsible for them. But look, there's so much, there's going to be such so much attention on Robert Sala and the Jets. 
And you're asked by, and look, it's, I, I don't like talk, anytime somebody tries to hype up pressure, oh, you have pressure, so much pressure. It's like, I don't need to talk about pressure. I like, my job is to win, period, whether he, Aaron Rodgers is here or not. But to say there's no pressure, to dismiss the, the, the whole concept of the question, I don't like that because you're going to be facing these questions every day during the season about where your team is. And if you're going to be flippant and say, no, nah, this, this doesn't matter, I don't know that that's going to go over very well in New York. I like what he said, and I stand behind him. I, I know that feeling, having kids, right? That's mm-hmm. real pressure, how they eat, schools, who's paying for it, et cetera. That's life. Bills. That's life. <laughs> I think sometimes as ballplayers, we get wrapped up in like, oh, if we lose, end of the world. And then you realize, like, oh, this, I have so much life to live. So hmm. when I look at Robert, right, Coach Robert, when I, when I see the, what he talks about is obviously there's some pressure with any job you take. If it's TV up here, if it's, on, if it's coaching. That's what I'm saying. But to make the right decisions as a coach, you got to, like, get rid of that pressure, right, that mindset. Because when you, when you got pressure and you, and you feel it, sure. you just start making bad calls. Sure. Uh, do this, do that. You know what I'm saying? That might be the wrong one. Where if he has that approach, like the real pressure is day-to-day life with family, with, with, with real things going on, good and bad, compared to football. We're going to win some games, we're going to lose some games. So I, I truly agree with him because if he, let's say they lose this year, he's that good of a defensive uh, of coach, yeah. he's going to get another job. Shady, when, no you, instantly. when you say that there's always, instantly. that all of it is pressure, even if it's the pressure to balance those two things, Family and your job. But it's, but it's levels, Slick. It's levels in life. Understood. You know what I mean, it's but he, levels but in life. But he's saying there's not. He's saying there's no pressure. My, my, whole, my whole issue simply is, like, dismissing the idea that the Jets are under the microscope. Don't, like, don't be facetious. But you have to understand, too, like, the type of person that Coach Sala is. Watching him when he was a coach in San Francisco, he was all energy. He was exciting. Mm-hmm. He's, he mm-hmm. loves the opportunity of the moment. I had the chance to be with him in Seattle and Jacksonville, mm-hmm. so I really got to see how he was. No. And so in this, he's letting you – I love his answer because he's like, you know, like, I'm not scared. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about the pressure. Yeah. You know, like, like, sure, put us on hard knocks. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Like, let's go. I'm going to relish the moment. Also, like, these guys – what, they're on the golf course talking? Like – He's, he knows what to say. He's not having gonna, a cold one. Yeah, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm afraid what's going to happen this year. But don't and, you think there's a difference? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying say I'm afraid. Right. But don't you think, Will, that there is a large difference between there's no pressure and I'm afraid? Like, I would rather like a, hey, it's always pressure. Exactly. Yeah, but we ain't going to buckle. But even still, but even still, just given that little note of like, yes, there is pressure. It's a little chink in the armor. Like, you're, you're, mm. you're showing your hands a little bit, letting people know that you, even if it's a smidge, feeling a little bit of pressure. I'm just saying it's the same as it's always been. What do you mean? Well, we're, look, we all have ambition. We all have goals, right? And regardless of what opportunity we're given, we feel that, and it, and it may not be external pressure, maybe the internal prese- pressure or desire to fulfill that opportunity, regardless of what it is. Robert Sala wanted to be a head coach, so was he not working all this time? He, but he, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying that he knew he knew what it was. Dude, I remember when I, I signed with the uh, Washington football team now, and no Commanders. Well now. done. It was the it was the Redskins when they played. That's who paid the checks. It was Redskins. All right. And I remember I signed and. We were about to play the Falcons in 2015, and this is when Julio was going off. Ooh, okay? Julio, Julio. Julio had, like, back-to-back 200-yard games, something crazy like that. And all of a sudden, Coach Joe Barry was like, okay, Will's going to start this week. And I remember I turned around after changing my locker, 
boom, I have about 30 cameras in my face because they're like, yeah, you got Julio this week. Like, what's up? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. They go, well, it's a lot of pressure. He just had 200-yard games. What do you do? I said, it's going to be fun. Like, I'm looking forward to the opportunity, mm-hmm. even though I know it's going to be some work. Right, correct. Like, I Come know on! You were just, but, but, so you're saying you no, felt I didn't the pressure. Say it. What about this? That's, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't feel it. He's, I'm, he knows, as a head coach, yes, New York City, Aaron Rodgers, hard knocks, he knows that. But he knows that, but, oh, but he's what, looking forward to the opportunity. But my thing right? from a, a player to a coach is way different because you're responsible for yourself. No question. Right? And that's no question. Right, right. But for the head coach, you're responsible for all of us. So that's right. more and pressure. My, and my, hold on, hold on. my thing is, in the, in the meeting rooms, you don't know what the message he's putting to these people or, or to the players. Ain't no pressure. Da, 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 da. And you got to stick behind because now as a player, I, I remember being this player, we playing the Patriots, and I'm with the Bills. Like, we ain't beat him yet. <laughs> but, Coach, I believe in you, Coach. You say them words, and I'm, and I'm falling behind you. Yeah. The same thing with the Jets. So we don't know what he's saying to me. We ain't no pressure. I know we got Aaron Rodgers. I know, I know the Bills, uh, what they do. I know what they got. I know what the, what the Dolphins got. I know what it is. But ain't no pressure. But, Shady, don't, don't you think, and, and, and I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to PC this, this quote, uh, don't pee on my boots and tell me it's raining. Mm-hmm. Don't lie to my face. Hey, hey, don't, hey. Don't, don't lie to my face. Like, you, you, you know there's pressure. Be real. You're, 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 11 and, <laughs> you're 11 and 23 as a head coach. You might have more pressure this season than any other coach. You were 4 in and 13, and you are 7 and 10. You're trending up. Like we, I, hate, I hate when we do that. We put together his overall record. He's going to his third year, and but, they're trending up. But and now if, they got a quarterback. So that's a great point. The pressure's on the offense. That's where the pressure is. Like, that's why he went and got an Aaron Rodgers. That's what these coaches do. Like, when McVay got the Rams job, what did he go do? He went and got Wade Phillips. So, so I can coach offense. All right. And, Good Lost point. Wade, he got Raheem Morris. That's why the Dolphins went and got Vic Vangio because so that these guys. That's why Shanahan. So we can help out with the pressure. That's why no Shanahan doubt. gets all these oh. former head coaches. So there is pressure. I, I agree. I, I agree with all of that, but I also know technically he is trending up. Yeah. Yes. But if this saying. season does not continue the trend, mm-hmm. then that no longer goes to a trend upwards. So after now, one year with a new court with the Hall of Fame quarterback, you're going to say that he's under the hot seat? That's ridiculous to me. That's the NFL. That's ridiculous not the or NFL. not? NFL. Think that's about ridiculous. Brandon. Think about Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley came to the Chargers as the number one defensive coordinator in the National Football League okay. with the Rams. His first year, they won however many games. Second year, they trended upwards. This year, we're like, yo, remember they wanted to fire Brandon Staley after yep. last year? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just the NFL. They, 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 blew, they blew a 30-point lead, right, with four turnovers? Yeah, blew a 28. Yeah. A 28, 28 lead, lead. For, uh, he's still got a job. Correct. But who did they say? They said, okay, if we're not going to fire Staley, okay, let's fire Lombardi and let's hire exactly. Kellen Moore. Because they were looking to fire somebody. Bro. Somebody right, because, has to they, go. because you said what? He's a defensive guy, and yep. they were having issues on what side of the ball? The, well, it depends who you ask. Some Chargers fans will say the defensive side of the ball because right. they couldn't stop a yeah, nosebleed right, right, in the right, second yeah. half. Yeah. Right. I would say the offensive side and of the ball. So but Coach Robasala is a what kind of coach? Defense. coach? And his defense is balling. Balling. Yeah. That's true. Balling. So okay. that's what I'm saying. Like, so, defense is good. And so he's like, that's why he got this dude. They went and got Aaron Rodgers. They go with him. And Nathaniel Hack, who's but, Aaron's boy. So he's like, I'm feeling, he's feeling good about this. That's here's saying, the though. dilemma, I'm, though, Will, is like, you've already fired an OC. In two years as a head coach, one OC has been fired. You can't fire another one. You're just going to keep rotating OC. That's, and why you, that's why you got the two who work together in Green Bay. So it better happen. It, 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 so, yeah. So it's, and it's all good. That's what I'm saying. Like, the type of person he is, is like, he's, he looks forward to the opportunities. He's, he's big on capturing moments. And I'm speaking, like, 
personally now. Like, that's what it yeah. is. I know we're here. We we like to, like, assume what we say in locker right. rooms. Right. We like we'll to get say, back to this after no, commercial. No, no, no. We'll Moments of what? Yeah. Moments of what? <laughs> no, <laughs> we <laughs> like to say, like, Moments we know this or know that. Nah, man. Like, I'm telling you right. what it is. When we return yeah, from we'll, commercial yeah, break, we'll, we will continue oh. this conversation. Is there pressure on Jets head coach Robert Sala? That is next. I hate to be Apollo music. Yeah. I like these, I like these type of... Okay, let's get back to Jets head coach Robert Sala. Will, you know him very well. Your former defensive coordinator, if I am not mistaken. I think there's an immense amount of pressure on him. Because I do think, to your point, they are trending upwards. But trending upwards means nothing if you do not keep up that trend. Furthermore, you acquire one of, if not the most talented, not best, but the most talented quarterback to ever play the game in Aaron Rodgers. I think Salah has to deliver the playoffs this year because otherwise, for sure, what are you here for? If he doesn't deliver the playoffs, like Todd Bowles, former Jets head coach, also phenomenal defensive coordinator who I now know well, like Todd Bowles, I can appreciate you as a defensive coordinator, but I can also understand I don't want you to be my head coach. Right. How would you respond to that? Well, now that's a different question. Like, how much pressure is on him? I think uh, there's a lot of pressure on the Jets and him to go ahead and win. But the original question was, does he? He, he said, I don't feel pressure. Yes, which, he which did. Is, he said, there's no pressure. What, did you hear what I said? He said, no. I don't feel pressure. No, I see. he said, there's no pressure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he said did you not hear? Okay. No, I thought you said he no, said. No, he said mind. that there was no pressure. And, and Ocho, what was your, you, what you major in again in Texas? Sports psychology. Sports psychology. Masters. And you know, like, there, there's wordings. I'm a site major. There's, there's where you, you are too? I'm a site major. Okay, fair enough. There's, way, there's ways how you word Psych. things, right? Well, I remember when I battled a little bit of confidence issues when I was playing, I ended up getting with the mental performance coach. And he ended up like, changing the way I thought and said things. Instead of saying, like, I have to do something, right? I get to. I get to. Sure. Right? And you're familiar with that mm, all sure. too well. Yeah. So it made it, it actually took the pressure off of me to go and perform. I didn't feel like I had to make this play. It was a privilege. I get to make this play. So when he's thinking, like, there's no pressure, it's like, He's, he's looking forward to He's an opportunity. Like, he loves the new opportunities. He's relishing in it. Okay. What? Why are you slamming the table? What's okay. up? Because then why wouldn't you say, I don't have to have seven kids. I get to have seven kids. What do you mean? Why wouldn't you, why oh, would you take? He well, said if, you're, if, you're, like, if your attitude is there is no pressure in the world. He said pressure, this pressure is isn't just, getting kids. Doesn't these, make are sense. Just, these are just opportunities. No. He's saying that there is no pressure. He's using the psychology in one aspect. I'm going to text him. And then, on the other hand, he's saying, but pressure does exist. No, you're telling me that the psychology is, there is no such thing. Self, that pressure is a self-created thing. I didn't say there was no such thing. Uh, my, my, my only issue, 2-5, is like, I just don't like being deceptive even to yourself. I'm with you on the psychology of it all, Will. It's like, but, it's not, but, but it's not a deception. There, but there is unequivocally pressure. Like, objectively, if you are 11 and 23, regardless of if you won four and if you won seven, he's lost his last six games. The last six times Robert Sala took the football field as a head coach, his team left the field in defeat. So the last six times he ain't win nothing. If you were a four-win team and a seven-win team and you've lost your last seven, there is objectively pressure. Period. Like, I just don't like, don't lie to me. Don't lie and to then me. After, pressure. Yeah, and, and, a bi and what is the biggest reason why they lost those games? The quarterback. Oh, thank you. The quarterback. Because who is taking that spot? Aaron Rodgers. I'm pretty excited if I'm a damn head coach. Yeah, now, I would also know in? that I'm getting a Hall of Fame quarterback who, somewhat demanding, 
isn't always like the most magnanimous personality. Did he not earn the right he has to demand things that he wants? I'm not saying that he doesn't, but as a young coach who has not proven myself, we saw that in Green Bay how that went. That wasn't always smooth sailing. So doesn't there a certain, isn't there a certain amount of, let's not call it pressure. Let's leave that word alone. You can say isn't there a certain want. amount of responsibility to say, you know what, Aaron Rodgers and Nate Haggett, man, our offense is going to be right. Now I got to make sure our defense stays he right. He should have said that in passing. He should have said that in pass on the golf course. Is that what you're saying? He should have said that. This wasn't just, like a sit down, like person to person interview. They're just chatting. I'm just saying, but he's being dismissive of what we know. Because he probably got somewhere to go. <laughs> like, now we're just you're missing all kinds you're, of alibis. Well, you're, you're, you're missing, <laughs> no, you're missing <laughs> all the context. He didn't have time to answer it appropriately, <laughs> so he just like he gave him any answer, and that's okay. Like, Is that not what happened, on. Rick? No, dude, you, he's had two years in the New York market. You don't have any flipping, you don't have Rick any flipping Rick just want to argue. Rick just want to argue, ev- bro. He just. No, I'm telling you, if, you're, if, if you were the head coach of the New York Jets and you inherit, you now have Aaron Rodgers. Like, things, that's a lot on your plate, whether you want to use the P word or not. How you know? <laughs> the P word. 30 years of <laughs> pressure. <laughs> 30 years of covering sports. Man, you're chilling, bro. You got Aaron Rodgers. You good. I can't wait to see how that unfolds. All right, coming up, we are getting a behind-the-scenes look at Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota on quarterback. So who do we want to see for season two of that phenomenal show? That's next. Rick, stop. That's what he should have said. I'm chilling. I got Aaron Rodgers. I'm chilling. You need to stop grabbing my arm. Okay, the hit Netflix show quarterback has been renewed for season two. Season one, it featured Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota. But season two, we want to ask the desk who y'all want to see on it. Will Blackman, you played with a lot of great quarterbacks. Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, to name a few. Who you want to see? I want to see... We're going by tears. I want to see Josh Allen. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to see Geno. Yep. I want to see Baker. Ooh, okay. nice. That's a good one. That's a good Joe one. Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Bryce Young, Aaron Rodgers. I, li- I like that I one. Know, I'm going Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young. Those would be the three I want to see. Truth is, can't go wrong. Right. But give me, honestly, it. give me you Baker. Can't go wrong, no. Give me Baker, Deshaun, We've and Rodgers. we got to have Baker. Peyton that would be, that would be the Baker. one. Why Baker? 